0: Welcome to Mercedes and the Chap, a show dedicated to helping humans become extraordinary. Here, we'll hone a well-rounded roadmap for us to step into our potential in all things relationships, work, purpose, and legacy.
1: Chap. Melissa is a yoga teacher. (laughs) No, she is, but she's a producer of film, commercial, and TV, a full producer, a real producer, okay? She's also a a screen actor, she's an actress, Screen Actors Guild, uh, she's in the Guild. Um, She's currently single, and very beautiful, very elegant, very hyper-intelligent. What we're going to talk about is?
0: If you couldn't tell, Chap was really excited about oh, yeah. that uh, he got in there before i could even say who we're having on the show yeah, today yeah, don't, don't do it melissa <laughs> mcnerney and she is all of those things you just listed including our producer for this show which is so impressive because let me tell you we're a little bit of a a, a wily group to handle and one of the most beautiful things i think about melissa is she does such an eloquent job of handling this team and i'm sure all the other teams she handles in her production work um being a manager and managing people takes a lot of consciousness around ability to communicate with other humans, and that is maybe the hardest work, maybe the most important work that I believe all humans are here to figure out how to do, communicate with others, so that we can synergistically move forward. Um, and with that, that is really what we got into on this episode. It was quite a beautiful conversation, if I do say so myself, since I was part of it, um, but she gave us all this insight about emotional intelligence, which is kind of a new agey term, but it is so cool to to have someone on the show who's experiencing it for herself and really working through that for herself right now and giving us all the insights of how to do it, but also what it looks like in her life. So I want to jump right in. Um, She tells us all about how to process men or how she goes about processing men in the dating world since she is single ready to mingle right now so uh let's get into it let's mingle yes oh yeah we got melissa today on the couch you've been playing with us all week shooting episodes and now it's your turn to be in the hot seat how are you feeling oh, Wait,
1: hold on before we get to that <laughs> um you guys might not realize this, but I actually have a Greek goddess with me. Oh. Mercedes. And a member of the royal family with me, Melissa. <laughs> Amazing. Can you can you tell?
0: <laughs> Melissa Middleton. There's <laughs> Melissa Middleton. And
1: Cleopares. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is <laughs> that, that Greece? Uh, I know it's don't know. We're really skipping
1: around. It makes sense. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: Can you give some background as to why Melissa is,
1: I mean, I know why I'm a goddess. (laughs) Clearly, clearly. And
0: I know why I'm a royal.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, yeah, no, here's what that is. It's very, actually, I didn't mean it as a segue, but that's a good question. I've known and worked with Melissa, as you have, but I've known and worked with Melissa for a long time. And.
0: Okay. Sometimes we come across a sponsor who we go, Hells to the yes, we need to like just give this to men generally. Because I can't tell you of a woman who I don't have a horror story from in regards to the hygiene of a man she went down on. So, guys, I gotta say, you gotta be really conscious about. Your manhood, and if it's smelling fresh, if it's clipped, you know, you don't want her to end up with like a rogue pube stuck between her teeth when she goes down on you. Like, that's not cute. (laughs) It's not cute for anybody. And we have hooked you up with 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use code match at manscaped.com. You can purchase what they've sent me, which is their performance package. It arms you with cutting edge ceramic blade trimmer for all that downstairs areas Got skin-safe technology, so it avoids from snags and cuts and whatnot. Waterproof ear and nose hair trimmer, same skin-safe technology, plus the best smelling ball deodorant and ball toner. Let me tell you, delicious. As well as performance boxer briefs and a travel bag, so you can't go wrong with this exclusive offer for you. It's 20% off and worldwide shipping with the code MATCH M A T C H at manscaped.com.
1: There is this, there's this, it's very interesting because there's very, I I think she's the only person I've met that has this presence about her and she doesn't come from the royal family. I know I mean, you know, break your bubble, burst your bubble here, but she has this elegance about her and this like stature and she carries herself in every time I've seen her in this, no matter what she's wearing, no matter what she's doing in this very elegant, very royal, very noble way. Regal. It's very regal it's very it's very interesting to be around somebody like that because I really have never experienced that before. Ooh.
2: It's probably from my past life.
1: Hey, I think so. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely.
2: Some royal royalty lineage or something.
0: I feel the vibes. I feel the vibes. Thank you. John. I like it. <laughs> okay, well let's get into what we actually came here to discuss. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> We'll, we'll get off of our platforms <laughs> now. <We'll> get off <laughs> of our high horses. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, Melissa. That's my job. Yeah. (laughs) Melissa, you happen to be our producer for this show, uh, a woman of many talents, and I think it's so cool that we can also have you on the couch here to discuss some of the things that we really want to get across to our audience, like what it's like to date a multi-talented, independent, and fascinating woman like yourself. So what does the dating process with Melissa look like? You're single right now, so you're kind of in the dating world, and you are, I'm sure, actively processing
1: yeah men, right you mean act pro-
2: <laughs> yeah that, that's
0: actually
1: you
2: mean,
0: kind of accurate, accurate. I mean accurate. sharpening her sword yeah well i mean that is what dating i think should be it's it's a processing it's not like right like we've discussed this off offset melissa the idea of when you go on a date instead of going into it from this place of really scarcity that i think a lot of humans go into that world with that energy of like, are they going to want me? I just want to be wanted by the person sitting across me. I just want to be liked. And so we try to start people pleasing. We try to start just figuring out how we can, you know, be liked by this person, be wanted and desired. Instead of figuring out and processing, is this someone I even want to be with? Like, is this, you know, not to be, it's not, I'm not even trying to be an asshole about it. I'm not, is this worth my time? Is this worth my time investing in courting and doing all the things here? And right off the bat, there's some things I'm sure when you sit down with a man, you can figure out very quickly whether it is going to be worth your time if you're looking for a romantic relationship.
2: Well, right now with uh, online dating and and a lot of the things you're talking about, I think it's the difference between dating when you're um, in your early 20s, where there is no... Uh, self-reflection i think go you, you're it's much more like fly by the seat of your pants what's exciting and mm-hmm. it's mostly based on attraction
0: looks and physical attraction yeah, yeah
2: like what what you need fundamentally and deeply isn't really coming into play i think when you're looking for somebody yeah. but that changes a lot for me it changed a lot now that i'm in my mid-30s
0: with maturity
2: with maturity with a lot of personal work done what I'm going what I'm bringing to the table and the, the filtration process that's happening for me now before I would even sit down with somebody mm. that's there's a, a lot of work that's yep. going on there just on my side of the table but I've, I've been exploring for the first time online dating and before I even c- created a profile for myself i made a list of 100 100 things that I'm looking for in a person 100
0: I love this
2: yeah and it's and that wasn't my idea that was my my best friend we talk about things we talk about everything but it was something somebody suggested to her she did it and seemingly manifested the man of her dreams doing that and that does that's not to sound so woo woo that's doing work that's putting something down on paper that's that's what you desire that's a reflection of where you're going not where you're coming from and, and the list is fun, too. There's there's silly things on there. But for to make that list and to do that homework for myself, and after I made it, I closed it. I haven't looked at it since. But what that did was when I got into the online dating scene, you know, the, there's, there are filtrations built into those algorithms. Yeah. But I had 100, 100 that I also brought to the table, too.
0: Now, I just got to stop you. Is 100... 100- The goal or it just happened to be 100 that came out of you 100 was easy that's the question so that was like cool i 100 I could do 200
2: yeah and I would say for the listeners if one if finding 100 things that you're looking for in somebody is a challenge I think you have a little more work to do and and that's getting to know yourself Mm -hmm. in, in a lot of different categories you know doing that work like it should be should it should be pretty easy to come up with 100 things.
0: Because the reality is we do have specific things about ourselves that we want to have uh, reflected in our partnership. And there's probably easily 100 of those, but most of us are not willing to look at what those are because we're afraid if we put too many uh, things on the list, we're never going to find someone to add up to all that because somehow we're not worthy of someone who adds up to that list or if we find someone who meets that list. They would never want to be with someone like us. Mm-hmm. And that's like, just that's the work you're talking about is getting in there, giving yourself the self love and realizing that you innately just by
1: existing are worthy. And and did you prioritize these things in order or was it just shotgunning, throwing all these things out there? Almost like a, like a whiteboarding or, or yeah. brainstorming.
2: It was, it was in no particular order. Although easily hands down the number one thing if I were to go back and rearrange them and put them in an order. The number one thing I'm looking for in a person besides attraction, because that's so obvious, but is um, somebody that is self-reflective. Yes. And and does that has to be you have and and to me, there's a connection there with being self-reflective and having some kind of spiritual life, not doesn't have to be religious, but some kind of spiritual life connected with personal growth that's my number one.
0: Yeah, and that was a good question, Chap, because even though, you know, you said you put this list down and you just doing that exercise, you're kind of like telling the universe, like, here's what I'm calling in, I'm coming in with these intentions, and you're making it clear to yourself, to the the world around you, just energetically by doing that. And then you put the list away, the book of a hundred (laughs) things away, and you said, now let me actually experience, you know, someone walking into my life that, embodies those characteristics now when someone walks into your life and they hit a lot of those characteristics but maybe there are a few that they're still working on whatever you have this maybe prioritize in, in your mind maybe not necessarily on the list but prioritized the fact that they need to be in that journey of self-awareness self-mastery doing their own inner work and they are spiritual because that's kind of what that that goes hand in hand if they already are doing that and they don't necessarily have whatever the minutia on this hundred list item list is, you know that they will likely come along in some of these places, or because of that growth mindset, you you can get along anyway.
2: Yeah, I'd, I would, I don't expect perfection and this arrival, you know, as as, as like are the most <laughs> um, evolved version of yourself, and yeah. that's the person that I'm going to get because you do want to have the experience of growing together in a relationship. And I also wouldn't want somebody to expect that of me yeah. because I am ever evolving too and a work in progress too. Yes. So
0: So this is beautiful because, um, the women I meet in my life and especially in this work that I love to play in are the ones that I go, damn, like I would date her or that's the, that's the girl that the guys are going, why you know why do I it's it's kind of the why me or the victim mindset like why am I not calling in these queens and what's wrong with me and it's like well the, the fact that you you're acting as if you're a victim to the circumstance instead of going what can I learn from the fact I'm not calling in this queen or this woman and then doing the work so that you become energetically a match to her um that's the first place I would tell them to look but to me, the, then I, the the hope I have, I guess, for humanity is the fact that when I meet a woman like you or a man in the same energetic like you, I go, oh, that person is proof that this is, is happening and those women or men are out there in the world for those people that are, why can't I, why don't I, why aren't I calling in my king or queen? So I love that you're, you know, being this example and creating... You're literally creating a ripple for the world to experience through you. Um, and it's just beautiful. But Thank I, you. I wanted to touch on something with you. I don't know what rabbit hole I was going down with that, but I know it's <laughs> gonna be a long one, so I'm gonna move us forward. Um, because I wanna talk about something that you're really passionate about, which is emotional intelligence EQ, right? This is something that you've studied, you are embodying, and I'd love to just get the 101 basics for our audience and for myself, because this is a place I really wanna play. Um, from you
2: definitely and I think maybe one thing little nugget from the rabbit hole you might have just been going down something that I thought of and then we'll get back to EQ stuff is for uh, maybe men want to know you know what is a woman looking for but also maybe it's valuable for men to know what we're working on Mm -hmm. are for ourselves because myself and some uh, other women that I know who are in a similar stage in our lives one of the things that we are seeking is um you know, deeper connection and what we are worthy of. Yes. And so if, if men know that we desire what we deserve, like be that, you know, it's really kind of simple. Like, well, what does a woman want? She wants to be with somebody she deserves. Well, how do I be somebody that a woman deserves? Okay, I think we all know the answer to that. Like, you need to be the best version of yourself. And still a work in progress. Always. For sure. And, always. And, and
1: as you were talking, and and I, this is really good. I'm I'm learning a lot here, obviously. But but I've known you guys for a while, so it's it goes with. It, this is obvious to me. But what's interesting, and I wanna I wanna ask this. You know, and I don't wanna go down this rabbit hole because I think the direction we're heading is perfect. But I have to ask this because I'm dying. Please. If I am, you know, as a younger guy, you know, and I see these, you know, I grew up in the era of the supermodel and I see these, you know, at Hollywood actresses like the classic, you know, or these, these supermodels. And it seems like they tend to date these guys that are just really, you know, buff or really, you know, perceptively very, you know, strong and put together. But not only it feels like you guys aren't looking for that at all. I mean, if they happen to me, that's fine. But not only are you not looking for that maybe the reality is that the, what those females found attractive in those guys was not their body. It was their mind and they're working on themselves. They just happened to take themselves, their health seriously. And they were working towards this and it just naturally they're, you know, they like going to the gym cause they want to feel better and they, they and then they just happen to be better bodies. Their physiques happen to be more attractive, but it's not like the woman was just looking for that. You
0: no, know, and and it, it's a really good point chat because it tends to go hand in hand a lot of the time. Like, when you want to be mentally healthy, physical health has to come along with that because they are intrinsically linked. So that's why I believe biologically, um, a healthy body is a great indicator of a good match, or, you know, just one good indicator of a good match, because you know that they're at least in integrity with some parts of themselves, like they realize that in order to um, move forward in life and be productive and Steward the species forward. They need to fill their own cup by being physically active, by eating a way that doesn't damage their body. You know, n- by not overconsuming or whatever the, the way that they keep themselves healthy. But
1: y'all, your tolerance though for different body types is, mm-hmm. is really pretty open because, like this whole concept that we talked about before of the dad bod, it's it's also okay, right? Because it's not you know, there again, everything in moderation, right? We're trying to thread the needle. We're playing in the gray area. And so, yeah. you know, there is this time where it's it's fine, but it's, but, but but really, we're just getting back to the same thing. It's really not about that. It's really about you.
0: Yeah, it's easy to say it's really not about that, and I want Melissa to really speak to this too because it isn't about that only,
1: but it is a well, indicator. attract attractiveness is important yeah. though.
0: Yeah, it, it is, it, but it's it, important because it signals something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and the way that well, I could speak for myself, the way that I choose to, to deal with this physical body that I am living in for the rest of my life mm-hmm. is a reflection of my self-esteem, my self-worth. That's part of the work. So and I didn't no, think about that. Yeah. You
1: do have to live in this body for the rest of your life. That's very well said, because I don't really ever think about that. I got to live with me yep. as long as I'm alive.
2: Yeah, and I'm demonstrating to my partner in the way that I take care of the body that I'm in, I'm demonstrating to them that... Um, that's important to me. And I think that's part of how you how you show up as the best version of yourself for your partner. Yeah, it's kind of an act of love. In a, and I really do mean that not with any vanity attached right. to it, because I don't need a six pack and my partner doesn't need a six pack. But I need to know that you honor your physical self.
0: I want to be with the healthiest mm-hmm. human that you can possibly be. You know, not that I'm saying that they have to be genetically, you know, they're never going to have diabetes in their family or whatever the genetics or whatever. Yeah. It's just a matter of, I want to know that this person is in integrity with their self. And that yep. physically is visible. And that is what makes someone attractive. Yes. Yeah, good point.
1: Good <laughs> yes. Point. Yep. So absolutely. emotional intelligence.
2: Yeah. And so getting back to that, something yeah. that I thought maybe I could share with the emotional intelligence thing is I, I'm an actor and we're, you would think as an actor, you have this really colorful emotional life, but sometimes in life, the circumstances that you've come from, maybe in your childhood or, or just a life experience that you've had can chip away at your emotional life. And you, uh, you maybe just live in one or two emotions for a period of time, which is in my opinion, probably it's some sort of a survival mechanism. Yeah. It's like these two emotions work for me. I'm going to live in happy and sad. And like, that's good enough for me. And it wasn't until I started going to therapy a few years ago, my therapist gave me this piece of paper. It wasn't anything fancy that you can look at fancier versions online, but it's a pie chart basically. And there's dozens and dozens of emotions written in them. It's called like the emotion wheel or something. Mm -hmm. And she handed that to me. She was so intuitive because I think she could see that I was trapped in, in not experiencing enough
0: the rain yeah the and
2: as I was looking at this paper I'm like wow like there are so many emotions that I'm actually on the on the verge of experiencing but to protect myself I'm only living in one or two yeah and that that was the beginning of uh, s- uh some deeper emotional work that I did for myself and it really it's so simple this really just started sitting in a therapist's office and being open-minded enough to look at that piece of paper and and also tell myself I deserve as a human being to experience all of these emotions.
0: Yes. That's life. I love that you you came to that that way. I think that that's such a such a good way anyone can come to that um, realization. I feel like in a therapist chair, but you know, I'm always going to be pushing that. Uh, but I, I, that's kind of, you know, one of the the reasons of starting this show is like what other ways can we reach humans and let them know that they're is other and more experience available if you feel your feelings and knowing the range of feelings like knowing the the feelings wheel or the emotions wheel is a and I have I had it stuck on my fridge you know before like hmm how am i feeling mm-hmm. today like check in just so you know like frustrated is different than angry you know in in these ways and why is that for me and what you know then you go down that um that that train of thought but it's beautiful to just know that if you're numbing yourself out, which I think is such an epidemic right now, I mean, you even see just in the drugs that we prescribe, right, in the world of Western medicine, like the Prozac's, um, all the SSRIs, the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, like the, the Zoloft's. And, uh, and what is it, one in five Americans or it's something? It's crazy. Yeah, and the Xanax. And, the, and alcohol, too. Yeah. yeah. Good point. And the oxycodones, and, and alcohol. I mean, yeah, as besides prescription drugs marijuana even, you know, like people don't like to, to put a bad light on that because it's it's doing its own thing right now. But these forms of escaping feeling in a certain way um, can become negative if overused, of course. And that's why I say like even with marijuana, there is a place where that falls into this this numbing category. And it might not be numbing the way that an oxycodone or um, a Xanax or something is, but it definitely creates a place that you go that is not in this reality anymore so you not might not you may be feeling other feelings and having another beautiful perspective and that's great and can be used for amazing things but you have taken yourself away from feeling whatever is actually going on in this reality that we are in and that idea melissa of um exploring your where you're limiting yourself your life experience is something i don't think people even know is an issue for them most of the time
2: yeah and and for maybe anybody that's listening that's even even unsure about going to therapy as a first step just down, download this feelings wheel and just explore a little bit and really just get real with yourself and ask yourself where am I living 99% of the time in my emotional life yeah. like because if it's only a few things few emotions, yeah. If it's only a few emotions, yeah, like what a bummer, you know? Yeah, because look
0: get this one life in this one human body, this one time, very limited. Yes, yes. And, and you said something too that I really relate to because
2: there is a big difference between being, a, you know, frustrated or angry. And also one thing that I really identified with at a certain point in my life, not right now, but like, am I sad or am I lonely? Yes. And lonely, so that's a pretty gutting feeling to yeah. have but I couldn't even go there with myself wow. and so I, it's just an invitation I think to just baby step you know just look just look at that wheel and and, and investigate, and be nobody, and to nobody, investigate. And
1: nobody's going to judge you when you're just looking at an app like you're looking at an app for your own purposes and yeah. it's like you might you might it might reaffirm that you're in a good place it might say oh I have some work to do and it might say that man this is really an eye-opener so you just never know I mean it's it's looking at you know this is we don't talk about politics here thankfully, but but there you know when people that I'm friends with start talking politics I was like it's really worth looking at some of these these really good surveys because you might find you're not what you think you are.
2: We're definitely not who we think we right. are. Yeah. Right. No. We can't and that's ourselves. the that's the fun of of doing personal growth work is there's a, a zillion light bulb moments I've had about myself along the way. And if it's okay for me to jump into something Please. about this because it's it's connected to doing this kind of work, this investigative work on yourself, mm-hmm. which I describe as kind of fun, actually. Yeah, there's moments when it's, oh, sh- you know, shit, I'm really facing something and confronting something. But for the most part, it's it's a real exploration. And you could pretty much trust that you're going to come out better on the other side if you're willing to do this. But I'm also in a 12-step program, which is it's the counter program of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's called Al-Anon, and it, it, it was developed at the exact same time as AA was. But One was by the husband, who was the alcoholic. One was by the wife. Mm-hmm. So she developed this as a support system for family members and friends of alcoholics and addicts. But the unique thing about the programs is even in Al-Anon, we do the exact same 12-step work. And the reason for that is because in tricky situations like living or loving an alcoholic you can become really codependent Mm -hmm. and not realize it and lose yourself in trying to fix somebody or heal somebody
1: and and you might be enabling them without you knowing
2: absolutely enabling and so you turn the 12-step work on yourself Mm -hmm. in order to put the work back on yourself so that you're not pointing a finger at somebody else saying this is all your fault this is all you I love somebody said this in the program once, but like when you're pointing at somebody else, there's three fingers pointing back yeah. at you, do your work. Yeah. And so in the 12 steps, the fourth step, which I think is written so beautifully is to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself and to just be willing to, cause why not? Why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I want to explore? What my relationship is to, and there's a book that you can do all this work in, but why wouldn't I want to explore my relationship to finances, love, sex is in there, all kinds of different topics, ask myself questions about what are the foundations of my understanding of all these things, who am I trying to become, in doing this work? What do I need to work on? Yeah. And I'm telling you, there's exponential growth doing this. And I did it with a sponsor, which is highly recommended just to share the experience. And the accountability of it. Yes. Yes, And the accountability. It did take me over a year to do.
1: And is that, is that open to all humans or just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everybody.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. The interesting thing is even if I'm pretty sure every single person in this world is affected by somebody knows somebody, you know, that's suffering from addiction. And so I say, yeah, you have a seat at the table in those rooms and now you can go on zoom with total anonymity and listen in and you'll hear a lot of people that are just in that room trying to become the best version of themselves. And that's what I'm all about.
0: I love it because uh, the 12-step program, whether Al-Anon or AA um, or other places, I believe they run it as well that I don't know all the acronyms for, but um, it gives you the structure to walk yourself to a more balanced, integral place and away from where you may be in this codependent pattern or this place of um, victimhood, like we were talking about. You know, all these places that, we end up out of balance and out of integrity. And just similar to that, you can think of even all the dogmas that are popular in religion, You know, religious dogmas out there in the world. These are structures that allow us to step through those doors of finally figuring out who we actually are, what we're here to do, what is our purpose, why are, why are, why are we spinning on this, you know, mode of dust. Um, and it's, I want to get to the part of the 12-step program that is, I think, the deterrent for a lot of people, amongst other parts. You know, it's vulnerable. You have to be accountable. And obviously, if you're not willing to, if you haven't hit your rock bottom and haven't figured out that you really need to do this in order to progress in your life, then you probably got to hit your rock bottom before you're going to be listening to this episode. But True. Um, there's also this piece of it that is around higher power that the 12-step program subscribes or prescribes, really, that people are afraid to look at. So maybe from your perspective, how do we approach that idea of a higher power from any, it de- doesn't matter what your you know denomination is, um, from a place of reverence? Because that's really what it is, is having reverence for self. And realizing that you also need help
2: I think it starts with understanding that self being self-reliant is sabotage and so if you cannot rely on yourself because you haven't healed yourself uh, for me it's like I've got to rely on something else Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not just one thing. It's, it's solely defined by me and what I need in order to get out of self-reliance and out of doing things my way. And so that could be developing a relationship with something greater than yourself. You could call it higher power. You could call it God. You could call it anything, the universe, mm-hmm. the source, yeah. you know, for lots of different things, but it could be, it's almost more about an experience than an entity. Mm-hmm. And so that could be going on a walk that could, the walk fosters getting out of the head and making space to receive something else that's not your big grand ideas
0: that haven't been working for you.
2: I think it starts with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like nature can be the higher power Mm -hmm. that you kind of turn to, because you know when you're in it, you have this sense, you have this feeling of calm.
2: Or knowledge can be higher power. So if you decide you want to start reading, from an author that inspires you that's living their life in a way that you want to live your life okay so that's that's turning outside of yourself to something bigger than who you are to receive that's a higher power and also
1: you know in a practical way too you can talk about the reading or uh, so I like historical documentaries and historical you know, I read historical stuff. so but even reading something like right now I'm reading, and I started this a while ago was a long book, but on the Russian Revolution and, and even looking back at that, you realize, boy, that, that time, I'm so glad I don't live in that. And I know that seems simplistic, but you start thinking you can inevitably, inevitably start thinking about the world you live in and you realize, and things are going pretty good here or, or here, meaning in the time and your body and your space and it's like it doesn't have to be necessarily picking up a self-help book or or picking up, you know, some sort of re- religious or psychological text. It can just be something that is is greater than you mm-hmm. and it and it lets you know that your life is actually pretty good and you can and you can make it better.
2: Mhm. Definitely. Yeah, gratitude is what kind of what I hear yeah, yeah, definitely. getting out there. Yeah,
0: yeah there's a uh, this uh, one of my mentors who I worked with for a while and who is just doing amazing work in the world. His name is Michael Brody-Waite. Um, Melissa, we talked a little bit about him yesterday, I think, but he wrote this book called Great Leaders Live Like Drug Addicts. He's a former drug addict, turned like three times, but I think more than that now, CEO, extremely successful TED Talk um, speaker and, he has this uh, three principles that he lives his life by. And he has basically a program where he like the 12 step program, which is where his, his uh, theory or his philosophy was born sponsors people that he works with. And he calls it the mask free program. But the reason I bring him up is because he really broke it down into three really easy steps that I forced a fourth step onto (laughs) (laughs) along our time together. But um, it's, practice rigorous authenticity, surrender the outcome, do uncomfortable work. And then my step was to integrate with gratitude, which is that piece of higher power. But the ideas that you're putting across here, Melissa, are really that, to practice rigorous authenticity, meaning to allow the bullshit that keeps you from seeing yourself to settle down for a moment and that takes slowing down sitting with yourself becoming mindful and realizing okay what is actually true here like what if, you know I don't know maybe you hurt someone's feelings or whatever how do I confront this situation okay we'll slow first of all down and figure out what's your side of the street what you, what honestly is your side of the street did you come into that conversation heated because you didn't eat today and you're hangry I don't know um now surrender the outcome of how that's going to reflect when you go do the uncomfortable work, right? Which is the uncomfortable work will be confronting the person again and saying like, hey, I fucked up. I, I was an asshole because yeah, maybe these were all the reasons, but uh, you know, I was hangry or whatever happened, but bottom line, I fucked up. And that's what you're really trying to relay. And that takes a lot of vulnerability. That's the uncomfortable work, right?
2: Or making a really tough decision is part of the uncomfortable work. You've you've done some work and, and then you're, confronted with a choice.
0: Absolutely, so. yeah. And in that the hardest part of the three steps is the second step and it's surrendering the outcome because you're going to go in and you're going to go oh they might not they might push back, they might not ever like me again. I don't know what's going to happen.
1: And and free and and a lot of what I'm hearing is a, a lot of this is when I was younger in in, in college and law school you need know, to have these management courses and these management books and some of them are really good, and it's a lot of the same thing. And this goes back, and it's a lot of the same thing that you guys are talking about. It's how to be a good leader, absolutely. And you have to be able to make decisions. And 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 we all know that you're you, that we make wrong decisions, but at least you made a decision. And, and not, you- in
2: Al-Anon, they say because a lot of people are afraid to make decisions because we're too worried about what other people are going to think, or we're es- afraid of other today. people's reactions. Yeah. And that can't be a reason to not make a decision. Yes. So um, if you make a decision and it doesn't work out, this is what they say, in al- or I've heard this in al If you make a decision, which is so courageous mm-hmm. and it doesn't work out, all you have to do is make another decision.
0: Yes, that's beautiful. That's it.
2: And th- really that helped me overcome making difficult decisions.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful way of thinking about it. It's very simple too. It's mm-hmm. just like, just move forward. Mm-hmm. You'll be all right. You and, know? and
1: another thing is just work through it. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, yeah. guys that I'm around, you know, you have a weapon malfunction. Work through it. Instead of Don't collapsing. just stand there and be, excuse yeah. me, uh, instructor, I don't, it's, it's work through it. Figure it out. Work through it. Get back in the fight.
0: That's the bravery though of it, you know, because yeah, otherwise we collapse, we run away, we tuck our heads in or we go do drugs or alcohol you know whatever our thing is we escape instead of standing in the feelings (laughs) and being you know emotionally intelligent when those feelings come up to go
1: and it's bravery yeah this is
0: scary and I'm gonna confront it anyway
1: and who said I think it was John Wayne who said bravery is being scared to death but saddling up anyway yeah and I mean that's kind of what we're talking yeah, about here. I think that was John Wayne that said it. that.
2: I hope you just have to do
1: it. I Misquoted somebody if not, but yeah, you yeah. you definitely like it's it's all it's all the same stuff here, you know. It's it's this you you are that person really, you know. If we're talking to men, I mean, you naturally have that in you, you know. Mm-hmm. But we've taken all these, humans, yeah, yeah, we have, but we've taken the survival kind of out of our lives, and we have these good lives, you know. And we're kind of going, what you guys are talking about is kind of going back and deconstructing and remediating these basics and how to apply them to relationships. Yeah,
0: and a big part of it, I think, and Melissa, we kicked this conversation off. I think this this kind of winds it together is initiation. I think what you're talking about, Chap, is the fact that everything we're talking about here today is really just different philosophies that head you to the same thing. All religions, you can basically break almost all religions down to the same philosophy, you know, becoming holy, becoming whole, becoming integrated. And when you talked about, you know, one of the main things that you look for in a man is that he's doing his inner work and he spiritually uh, has direction. He has spirituality that is important for him. Um, And that is spiritual. Having spirituality is essentially having philosophy that he understands is going to be something that he stays on target with. It's a guide. It's a structure for him to keep himself accountable to.
1: And he might not even know he is a spiritual person. You know, I've got I've got friends of mine that are hunters. I've got friends of mine that are fish, you know, fishing, uh, you know, experts, things like that. And and or just they like sailing but all those things are all actually spiritual and totally. if you and if you really embrace them and you like them and you love them and you get good at them and you geek out on all that stuff you have, you are following a compass yeah. and it just happens to be yours and if it's working and somebody like Melissa sees that you don't have to go you know to do uh, meditation you don't have right. to go to yoga you don't have to do that it, you know as long as you have something that is guiding you and it is moral and wonderful for you that's what we're talking about.
2: I agree. And that you're paying attention to that. So don't just arbitrarily, thoughtlessly get on your boat, be on your boat, and then call it a day. Get on the boat and take a minute.
0: Do it with <laughs> and intention. And yeah, right, right.
2: blessings. Look around you. All of this is bigger than me. Make it a prayer. I'm so grateful that I can afford this boat and look at the sky. Or like, the that's wind not... is
1: in my sails. And Any you know, the, the, yeah, just,
2: right. yeah, just don't let that pass you by when it could be sacred a higher power moment or something sacred yeah, yeah.
0: i think that, that and it's so you know we're in this culture we live in and i'm more hoping we're changing it right now as as we speak about it in these different ways and we all have different ways of articulating it it's so beautiful and it's so powerful but we're allergic to the word spiritual sacred you know in our culture yeah. and it's unfortunate when chap we're going to talk about modern mysticism in in a little bit all but right. on a different episode but that idea of slowing down understanding who you are self mastery these this is spirituality like understanding your own psyche understanding you know just mindfulness gaining knowledge all these things are how you're acting in alignment with your spirit right and if you need to use a different word for that to make yourself comfortable with it fine that please tell me what it is so I can communicate better with people who are allergic to these words. Um, but making any moment sacred is possible. If you slow down enough to figure out how to do it with intention, you can literally take a shower and make it sacred. Like if that's the place Definitely. that you want to be in prayer, in meditation, in that mode of mindfulness, hey, maybe that looks like you know, you, you take off your clothes. You I don't know, maybe you fold them. Maybe that's part of the meditation. You set them aside. You light a candle. I don't know if that's too woo-woo for somebody. But, you know, you put on some music that's really zen. Um, you put some, uh, you know, incense drops of eucalyptus or something in your shower so that you're just it's all having, sounds so nice. I know, like we're oh yeah, to do where's that? the shower? That's at? totally we're, a higher power.
1: Produce, for you're me. a producer. <laughs> or she's our producer. I demand a shower <laughs> with these elements on the next. Uh, and yeah. maybe we'll have Mercedes in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> we can watch her. That's quite just thank maybe you for her. That. Maybe her eyebrows up. <laughs> and it might not actually be her but
0: that's okay stand in i don't know
1: what visual we just gave to the audience but a weird one
0: moving on um yeah but ha- finding a way to make that part of your practice and i wonder melissa if you have certain practices in your life that are like your church you know your sense of prayer
2: tons tons gratitude is one that sounds so like eye roll but it you it's something you can call on Throughout the day. So instead of feeling burdened by developing your spirituality by like, well, I need an hour to go to church or I need an hour to go to yoga class or um, truly you could practice at and I do this at a stoplight instead of being frustrated that there's traffic. Mm. That's a gift for you to um, go inward just for a minute and be like, thank thank God I have a car and I can afford to put gas in this tank and that my eyes work and I can see and, you know, just like a quick. Yeah, that's the, that's available to everybody all the time. So
1: and, and that's the, something I do. And the next song that you might hear, Had You Not Been Delayed in Traffic might be the best song you ever heard.
2: Totally. Hmm. I love music. And that's a spiritual Um, compass and access point like music a lot of times I'll ask I have an Alexa device at home so I'll ask um, Alexa play meditation music she does the work for me yeah I'm just laying there but I'm listening to music that doesn't cost me anything
1: and speaking of doing the work for us and gratitude that's you Melissa we are grateful (laughs) to have you as our producer and you have done the work and you continue to do the work and I'm, I'm very happy to have the opportunity to work with you thanks
0: You have been quite incredible in putting this all together. And I think, I hope that it also translates through to our audience so that they allow us to continue doing this and we get to see you more on that couch because I think you have a lot to offer this world besides this amazing production. But set. Yeah, this this whole uh, setup. But it's also beautiful to know someone who is doing the work, as always, only always, and is willing to... um, gift it through articulation, which you're very, very good at. And you know, you know, I might like, you know, I might be into that by now. (laughs) So thank you so much for giving us all you, you have given us today. Um, I think just knowing more about emotional intelligence and knowing that beautiful women like yourself are out there looking for that, like actively looking for someone who is doing the work themselves, but also, sifting through these philosophies and figuring out what holds true for them and then using that to
1: be a light in this world.
2: Take what you like and leave the rest. Yes, absolutely. As you're learning.
1: And we can find Melissa at, I love this, on all social media, at at Melissa Loves This. It's a good one. Mm. Thank you. And
0: thank you guys for being here with us. If you want to be part of our community, subscribe, comment, connect through the links below you want to share this with one of your buddies who might need to hear it please do so we will catch you again next week bye for now